0: Well Dave, we're on the way to our first show
1: <laughs> Not our, our first show of 2022
2: Well, we're not even out of Kentucky yet Yeah,
1: we're in Indiana Oh dude. we are, we crossed the river We the, river the
0: our... bridge That's
1: right, I missed that Go back to sleep
0: Welcome to Plastic Model Mojo, a podcast dedicated to scale modeling, as well as the news and events around the hobby, where we hope to be informative and entertaining and help you keep your modeling mojo alive. Dave, we're back again for episode 62 of Plastic Model Mojo, and we've been busy, man.
1: I know, man. I'll tell you what, but a good kind of busy. I can't complain about that at all.
0: Oh, that's for sure, man. Well, what's been up in your model sphere?
1: Well, my model sphere has been fully loaded. I am jazzed. We're under 100 days till the Nationals. We got to go to our first contest for the year. It gets the juices flowing. Got to see a, a bunch of great models, a bunch of great modelers. So I don't know about you, but I am, I am, I'm buzzed. How about you? Ah, I'm the
0: same. You know, we went, uh, went up to Indianapolis, the Roscoe Turner show with, uh, took my 15 year old son along with us to hang out and, uh, had a great time. And we've got some, uh, segments we'll splice here and there into this episode and let people who we talked to and what all was going on in indianapolis but it was uh the short of it was is a, a great time
1: i appreciate your son coming along he really did help us out uh it, it was nice to have that third person there to to watch the table watch the equipment and help you and i he was he was he's a good kid
0: well i appreciate it i told him you said that earlier so he might come again next time
1: well good that's good <music>
0: Well, Dave, we made it. We made it up to in uh, Indiana.
1: Yeah, we made good time, other than a slight detour because the bridge was m- missing. Yeah, I hope they find their bridge.
0: <laughs> well, uh, what do you think so far? It's
1: been a year since we've been well, here. I tell you what, the, the thing that, I, the big question I had is last year when we came, the show was huge because it was the first show coming out of the pandemic. Right. And I wondered whether or not they'd be able to sustain that. This show looks to me to be every bit as large as the one last year, particularly from the aspect of the vendor's room. I mean, this place is hopping.
0: Well, the vendor room's full of vendors, that's for sure. And uh, we I've managed to buy a book so far. <laughs> I haven't m- bought m- anything. Maybe I'm the yet. librarian. But uh,
1: we'll see. It's yet to be determined if, uh, what was it, 600 and something entries last year? I think that was the number last year. Now, I've been in the model room very briefly And it looked like a a fair number of uh, models on the table. So I'll be interested. And it's only 11.15, so there's still time. We're going to have to find some people to talk to Dave. Yep. Uh, Well, the people have been stopping. Listen, people have been stopping by. We're seeing a lot of listeners already. uh, some have brought us gifts it's uh it's been great so far but yeah, we need we're to have
0: a nice party when we get home
1: <laughs> that's right but we need to sit down and talk to some people so let's do that all right let's enjoy the show man you got it so mike uh, i assume you have a modeling fluid well i'm certainly not out that's for sure <laughs> yeah that's true absolutely so what is your modeling fluid?
0: Well, my modeling fluid comes to us from uh, the Inch Eye guy, Jeff Groves, and it is Old Hammer Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Now, this is a 100-proof whiskey, bourbon whiskey. It's not a Kentucky bourbon whiskey. It's an Indiana bourbon whiskey, and uh, it's from right there in Indianapolis, apparently. Oh, wow. I got to say, it's pretty good so far, but we'll we'll break it down at the end, but uh, it's certainly better than that stuff I had from Starlight. <laughs>
1: It was very nice of of uh, Mister Groves not only to stop by the table and to spend some time with us, but to to bring us some modeling fluid. That was that was very much appreciated, and I can't wait to hear the review at the end since he gave me some too. Well,
0: what do you got, my friend?
1: Well, I've got the new the new three Floyd's uh, new beer called Speed Castle. This is the, their latest beer, and continuing on their theme that they started with their Barbarian Haze beer, the box for this six-pack comes in a, a cardboard box, and the box looks like a Revell model kit. It's got the Revell, lo- or what, what clearly is their take on the Revell logo, and uh I was... I was absolutely stoked to see it when you first brought it to my attention uh listener Mike Radsky brought it a uh, six pack to us, and that was very much appreciated and uh I'll give you the full rundown, but so far seems like another three Floyd's hit.
0: well, another hit's the mailbag, and we got we got a little bit some good stuff uh won't you enjoy your modeling fluid while we get right into that?
1: I always enjoy my modeling fluid,
0: unless it's peanut butter whiskey. Well, it might have come up again.
1: (laughs) I will never live that down.
0: Well, it was a hot topic at the show, too, apparently.
1: Yes, I was going to mention that.
0: At least half the people brought it up, if not At
1: at least half. (laughs) I think more like pretty much everybody.
0: Well, Derek has written in before, and he's from Las Vegas, Nevada. I think he's uh, a fairly new relocator to that area. I uh, can't wait to see us at Omaha and he signed up for the sack evening. So, all right, well, that, that'll be great. That's going to be a big party, man. That's gonna be fun. Yep. Dave, your mistake was to drink the p- peanut butter whiskey as a sipping whiskey. Oh, really? My wife and I drank it as a dessert drink and had it with vanilla ice cream. So, so here you go, man.
1: Y- you know, that might work. It really might. It definitely is not a sipping whiskey. I could see how you might have a small shot of it with some sort of dessert, um, particularly if it was something that was chocolate. Last time somebody mentioned putting it in hot chocolate. That that might work. You might get a Reese hot chocolate. Just don't do what I do did, which was uh, have a have a glass of it over ice, because that was not good.
0: Well, I tell you what, you put that stuff back and we keep wanting to do a poolside face-to-face recording session. And maybe we'll break that stuff out again with some good ice cream.
1: (laughs) Maybe we'll do that. We'll try. We'll try something.
0: Well, he says his stash took another hit. What wasn't stolen? Now, that's a story that I don't recall him mentioning before. So, Derek, if you had a theft of your stash, give us a scoop on that. But anyway, uh, the next hit was his washing machine flooded.
1: Oh, I, I can, I can sympathize with this. I had a similar incident.
0: Well, he says he's separated most of the decals from uh, all, but his larger kits. So he, he votes to separate decals from kits. <laughs> yep. Well, Derek, good luck getting that cleaned up and uh, sorry for your loss, man. That, that would suck.
1: Yep. Yep. But of course, if you're like me, I don't know, but Mike and, and, Armor guys, it's probably not um, as much. I'll be honest with you. The number of times I use the kit decals are actually fairly rare. I mean, I'm almost always, I use an aftermarket decal sheet. So, you know, these manufacturers like Arma and Edward who do um, the, the, what they call overtrees, where they right. give you just the, the sprues themselves and down either instructions or downloadable instructions and no decals and no fancy other stuff. I'm telling you what, those work for me because of the fact that, that uh, uh, I, I don't often use the kit decals. So, hey, if you've got to lose something out of your stash as far as your model kits go, the decal sheets are probably better than losing the plastic.
0: That's true, and you kind of need a fire to lose the plastic. So let's not let's yeah, not
1: no, wish that no, on yeah, anybody. Let's, <laughs> let, let's not wish that on anybody.
0: Up next is Dave Paisley, and I'm not sure where he's from. I think he's written in before, but it's not in this email, so I don't remember. We get a lot of mail, and I, I just can't remember where everybody's from. <laughs> His uh, he's getting caught up since since Christmas. On back catalogs for his favorite podcasts, us included. In regard to the Doctor Strange, Strange Brush episode last time, um, he says his worst clear coat experience was putting uh, M L T and uh, Vallejo acrylic gloss.
1: Yeah, that didn't work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Turned to white glue immediately. I bet it did, man. I
1: bet it did. Well, and you know what? We we get a chuckle out of that, uh, but. Honest to God, there are now – it used to be that – God, I sound like an old man. But it used to be that there were like two or three paint lines. So compatibility was not really an issue. And none of them were acrylics. Yeah, exactly. None (laughs) of them were acrylics. They were all enamels anyway. But, um, you know, so compatibility wasn't an issue. Now there are so many lines, and some companies have multiple lines that are acrylic, that are lacquers, that are—I mean, enamel. Hell, Tamiya has an enamel line, an acrylic line, and a lacquer line. I mean, AK has an acrylic line and uh, an acrylic lacquer line. I mean, it just keeping track of it is is a little bit daunting.
0: Yeah, you just got to keep your chemistry straight. It's uh, yep. It can be. It can be tough if you're not paying attention. I guess. Agreed. He also mentions uh, our discussion on uh, forums in the last episode. Yeah. Or in a past episode. I can't remember if it was the last one or not. Um, the episode he just finished. Uh, he recently signed up for Brit Modeler about a year ago.
1: Well, mm-hmm. he, signed,
0: he signed up for Brit Modeler about a year ago. He's liking that. You know, he's, it's the whole thing. Uh, the photo hosting's an annoyance, but uh, he puts his photos on Blogger on a Blogger account, and he's hoping that
1: that doesn't go away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of people got burned by a Photo Bucket, man.
0: That's right. Uh he's embroiled in a, a Matchbox nos- nostalgia group build right now, and uh, oh god, and his, and the group build has pretty much the entire Matchbox back catalog in the works, and it's expected to end on June 5th. Now he's uh sent us a blog link, and I, I hope his Matchbox stuff's on there because I've seen uh, I've seen some amazing models built from those clunky kits, man.
1: I know, I know.
0: Andrew Armstrong's back from Center Point, New York. Now he was uh we asked him to give a show report on Replicon. Yep. Uh, he says work kept him from staying too long, but uh for a small show, he thought the work there was incredible. There was a 48-scale EA6 prowler folded wings that was pretty dang impressive, he thinks, and an uh, impressive amount of vendors managed to drop some money on tools, but no kits. <laughs> Well, you can always be smug when you do that, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. You actually bought something that might further you along instead of putting you further behind.
1: Behind. That's right.
0: (laughs) Uh, He's got a question for me because I mentioned uh, the testers clear, the dull coat in particular, uh, with with, uh, John Miller last episode. And he wants to know what I thin it with. Asked if I use testers airbrush thinner. Uh, No, I do not. I use regular hardware store lacquer thinner with the... Tester's Dull Coat, and I've never had an issue. I tell you what, I do use Tester's Airbrush Thinner for. What? Cleaning uh, brushes that I've used uh, enamel or lacquer based uh, metallics in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so it a pretty aggressive thinner.
0: So it doesn't come back to haunt me later. Well, Michael Karnak is back from uh, New York City with his. Uh, he keeps tossing us a question, you know, to discuss. And it's kind of fun.
1: And I like that. I, guys, if you're out there and you're listening and you think of something you'd like to hear us have as a feature on, our, on an episode, send it in. I, I, we're always looking for that.
0: Well, this is kind of short form, though. I, I like it because we can do it in listener mail. Sure. Gents, I was wondering which now defunct model manufacturer or hobby product you miss the most. Ooh, God, that's good. That is a good question.
1: Product or manufacturer I miss the most. Okay. (laughs) I've got one. It's very topical. Okay. Future. (laughs) Oh, come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) I doubt I'm going to miss it because uh, I, I have a nearly full bottle and the last one lasted me 20 years, so... You'll probably experiment with something else in the meanwhile. Anyway. Oh, I, I will too. Yeah, there's no, and I've already used other other clear coats from time to time. So, but it just it just so happens that that's very topical. That, and I've used it pretty much all the time since I got back into modeling. So, I would say that the other thing I would say for me is the old Humbrol paints. I mean, the original formula old. Old tin Humbrel paints. I know the the current version is available, but they're not. They don't seem the same to me. And boy, the old Humbrels airbrushed so nicely. So that would be my other choice. How about you? I tell you,
0: I think I'm going to miss the most currently warriors figures. Oh, good choice. They, They were pretty prolific in the day. Yes. And came, I mean other you know, there's better figures out now, I'm sure, but I, I would I would think that the sculptors that Warriors had have if they're still in the game or they get new sculptors would, would have kept up with what's going on. But sure. uh, just a lot of stuff. I really you could probably say that about all the VLS in-house lines. Now I know uh customs dynamics has come back, so it's uh, it's available again. And uh so there's there's a few of those old kits I hope to see again when uh Saul Garcia gets those kicked out. So, uh,
1: well, and didn't some of the warrior stuff actually get picked up, uh, by somebody. And there was at least a rumor that they were going to start re-releasing some of that stuff.
0: Well, it was, squadron bought all the, that stuff. And,
1: but then when, when squadron went under and got parted out, I think somebody bought the, the warrior stuff. Maybe if somebody out there knows um, Sprayberry might know what's up with uh, that's that. exactly what I was going to say, Mr. Sprayberry, if you're listening, I know you know the answer to this question, so shoot us an email well Michael keep the keep the questions coming. That was a good one.
0: I like that. I do too. Michael Makowski from uh, Gilbert, Arizona, in the Phoenix area. Well, Michael is a 69-year-old retired spacecraft engineer and longtime IPMS member. He's member 6,180.
1: If you don't have your PIN, contact me. Uh, You probably are are deserving of either a 25- or 50-year PIN. So if you haven't gotten that, be sure to reach out to me.
0: Uh, He's the IPMS Region 10 Coordinator, and he's worked on five IPMS national conventions, including the last... Three that were held in Phoenix.
1: And those were really good conventions, one and all, even if they were held apparently in the middle of hell, because I got news for you. It's hot in Phoenix in July and August. Oh, I'm sure.
0: Uh, He's uh, sent us several links for his activities. He builds uh, a lot of uh, Air Force jets from the the 60s, experimentals and one-off kind of stuff, lots of uh, historic spacecraft. He's the editor and publisher of space and miniatures reference book series on space modelers space. Yeah. For space modelers. Cool. And he's got a YouTube channel, so it's in this link somewhere and we'll get those posted, Mike. And,
1: uh, you know, maybe we'll talk to you a little bit about, uh, your take on the hobby. I would like to talk to somebody about real space. Cause I think real space, thanks to, uh, Elon Musk. And thanks to, um, you know, the, the renewed competition in space due to the Chinese. I think that real space is making a big comeback as far as modeling is concerned. So that's a good idea. I'd like to talk to somebody about that.
0: And finally, from the uh, email side of uh, the listener mail segment here, we've got Stephen Lee, (laughs) one of our favorite bloggers. And, uh, he agrees with me that the uh, Vallejo washes are underwhelming, but he wants to try the Citadel stuff we keep yapping about.
1: Well, all I have tried so far is the Null oil, and I've got to say, I really, really like it. So Yeah, it's
0: interesting. Uh, one thing about the I, I find about the, uh, the Vallejo ones, I think the surface tension is too high. Now, you could probably fix that, but why should you have to? It's supposed to be a wash right out of the bottle.
1: Exactly. And it, it does seem like the Citadel stuff, the surface tension is just perfect.
0: And apparently you've uh, influenced him into buying a Academy B-52.
1: All right. Come along. The water's fine, man. He says 35th scale 3D
0: printed tracks might be a snooze, but where are the 3D printed tracks for 72nd scale armor? Now that's a good point. And I think there are some. God, I've seen these somewhere, but I, unfortunately, I think they're from Russia, which might be problematic at the moment. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think there's some out there. He he means he printed it as a, a contiguous run, right? So...
1: Link and length or or, set or segment.
0: Yeah, no, just a set.
1: Oh, finished. one continuous?
0: Yes. Completely?
1: Oh, yep. wow. Just pop it
0: on. Maybe the wheel's with it, too. I don't know.
1: That that's That's interesting. I would... 70-second scale armor is one of the areas of modeling that is just experiencing explosive growth right now. A lot of guys getting into it. In fact, we had some discussions with some of them up in Indy. I think that that means that the, all the aftermarket stuff is going to come along as well. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that.
0: I'll just mention this because he, he PSed it on at the end of, of the email. There was a a, a space industry uh, symposium a couple of weeks ago and small world worlds collide as he says it uh, his boss Steven's boss because Steven's in, in a position in the space industry as well and uh his boss was hanging out with our uh, chief science executive chief science officer
1: Oh you uh, mean where you work
0: Yes where I work is so pretty cool I was going to
1: say I didn't think Plastic Model Mojo had a chief science officer not yet we
0: don't maybe in the future Dave <laughs> one comment is that I'd say that uh I didn't realize it when I took this job but uh it's such a small community now it's getting bigger yeah we took a 3-day training with a third party outfit and and the guy that had headed this third party outfit to do this training was uh had been in the uh, space industry since uh I think the late 60s wow so in this field of work you're only one degree removed from everybody who's ever been in this. I mean, that's, that's kind of crazy. Cause there's some pretty, pretty famous people out there, right? Oh
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Not, not, not that I've met any of them yet, but maybe someday
1: you will, you will.
0: Well, that's it
1: on my end. What do you got? Well, uh, I had a couple of really nice interactions via our Facebook instant messenger. One was with John McAvoy. John took some scrap wood and used a a spade drill bit to make a stand to hold either glue or and brush or uh a uh, microsol micro set and brush and I think this was sparked probably by um uh, some of our conversation about the Tackett's 3D printed stuff, because he makes a micro saw, micro set holder. And uh, I, I use one as well. And I had sent Mr. McAvoy a photograph of the one I was using. It just goes to show you, you can, Get, help get your, your bench organized by doing stuff like that. Just taking a simple scrap of wood if you don't want to buy a 3D or if you've got a printer, print your own 3D holder. But just a simple scrap of, of wood and a spade bit, a couple of drill bits. You can drill yourself just to the right size for whichever glue you're utilizing a holder to hold that so that it doesn't get knocked over on your bench. Also, listener Andrew Measley, uh, he's on Instagram as Steel Rain Models. He sent in a uh, short little eight-second video of a box diorama that he did using a ammo can, you know, a a US U.S. Army ammo can. And on one side was the short the little vignette in a in box diorama inside the can of the person in their wartime. I think it was it looked like it was the Middle East somewhere, and then flipped to the other side and it was the same individual represented in their civilian life. So it was a neat little neat little model. And I like box dioramas you and I've been to the Chicago figure show. And one of the things that I love at the Chicago figure show is the box dioramas, uh, the forced perspective stuff, the stuff with interesting lighting and, and uh, uh, stuff like that. So that was really neat to see. And uh, I really liked it. And I hope he continues to do stuff like that and sends more in.
0: You know, that show ought to be on our occasional rotation.
1: Yes, it should. I was talking to Mr. Hustad at, at Indy, and was he's he goes to that show fairly often. And I was telling him the story about how you and I went to the show together and then came home because we each had a first date with <laughs> what, out, what turned out to be our now wives. We had our first dates on the same day. So we were rushing back from the Chicago figure show to get there. Uh, to get back to Louisville and Lexington respectively. So yeah, he, he was encouraging us to go back up to, to the MMSI show. So we ought to do that. Got anything else? Nope. That's it for me. Well, this is the point in the podcast where I stop and ask you if you would, when you're done listening, please rate the uh, podcast on whatever app you're using to listen to it. Please give it a five-star rating. It helps drive, uh, uh, listeners and drive visibility. Also, if you are listening and you've got a modeling friend out there who isn't currently listening to plastic model mojo, maybe they don't know what a podcast is, help them out, show them how they can listen to us and, and point them in our direction. In fact, at uh, uh, Indianapolis, uh, we met a, a listener who had done just that for a friend of his uh, and got us an additional listener. So we appreciate that. Believe it or not, two years into this and we are still growing and we're still gaining new listeners. And that's uh, mainly because of you all. We appreciate it. And please keep it up.
0: Please check out all the other podcasts out there in the model sphere. And they're thick as honey out there, Dave. And- oh, my Lord turn around you can't
1: turn around without finding a new one
0: and most of them are just as sweet in their own way and you can check out all those at modelpodcast.com it's a consortium website we've set up with the help of Stuart clark at scale model podcast to provide a single repository for all those other podcasts so you don't have to search around for them you can go to modelpodcast.com and there's links to all the model podcasts Check them out. You can certainly fill up all your modeling time with great content. Hear what everybody's got to say on the hobby. In addition to that, please check out our blog and YouTube friends. We've already mentioned Stephen Lee. His blog is Spruepile with Frets, and uh, he's got a good one coming up. So please check out Stephen Lee's blog. Chris Wallace, model airplane maker out of Canada. He's got a blog and a YouTube channel. Great content on the blog. Great tips and techniques on the YouTube channel. Chris is a great guy. We talk to him often. Please check out both his uh, avenues there for uh, his content. And Jeff Groves, inch high guy, all things 72nd scale blog and uh, bourbon delivery guy.
1: <laughs> he is a renaissance man, like any good Navy
0: man is.
1: That's right. So please
0: check out Jeff's blog if you're into 72nd scale. And finally, Jim Bates, a scale Canadian TV. He just dropped one a couple of days ago at the yes, time of this did. recording. And uh, as Easter, actually, yep. Check it out. Jim's a good guy. We loved having him on episode or so ago. That's it, Dave. That's all yep. our. It's all our friends right now. I'm sure <laughs> we'll get more.
1: <laughs> well, finally, if you are listening to us and you are not a member of your national IPMS chapter, that's IPMS USA, IPMS Canada, IPMS Norway, IPMS Australia, wherever you happen to live. Please consider joining your national organization. Uh, IPMS US, or IPMS does a lot for the modeling community in helping to organize shows, in helping to regulate. So at least here in the United States, that shows don't step all over each other. Um, which, which is a bigger task than it sounds, but the IPMS USA regional coordinators do a really good job of uh of keeping the traffic jam from happening where two shows happen in the same region on the same weekend they're worth they're worthy of your support so please consider joining your national IPMS organization
0: all right dave well, let's take a little break here and have a word from our sponsor at model paint solutions Plastic Model Mojo is now brought to you by Model Paint Solutions, your source for harder back airbrushes, David Union power tools, and laboratory-grade mixing, measuring, and storage tools for use with all your model paints, be they acrylic, enamels, or lacquers. Check them out at www.modelpaintsolutions.com. Well, Dave, we're back, and it's Wagons Ho for Omaha once again. You know me, man. I cannot wait for the Nationals. Well, you don't have to wait long because at the time of this recording, Dave, it is 92 days away from the IPMS 2022 National Convention in Omaha, Nebraska. And helping us with tonight's segment, we have the contest chairman himself, Mr. Scott Hackney from Omaha, Nebraska, on the line with us to answer a few upde- update questions. So, Scott, how you doing tonight?
3: We are doing good tonight.
0: All right. Well, glad to hear it. I'm sure you guys are in the thick of it at this point because not only are you uh, dealing with a a contest or competitions or national convention, we're looking at a new uh, software rollout as well. So you probably have your hands full.
3: Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Wild uh, Wild Apricot is is working out pretty well, but the, there were some some growing pains going in there.
0: Well, it's nice for uh, an experienced nationals host chapter to uh, to vet that out for everybody in the future.
3: Yeah,
1: that is true.
3: We have done this. This is our third uh, third trip in eleven years. So, uh, yes, we we know how to do this.
0: Well, let's get right into it. I know. I know the room situation, at least for the convention hotels, is pretty much a, a done deal being booked. Uh, what about the uh, the tours that are lined up for the
3: for the? Con- well, you know the the, for- the hotels are are sold out, but you know that's not unusual. They they sold out in two and a half days in seventeen as well. So. Um, And, you know, we're talking about almost 500 rooms and and they just go because, of course, people, uh, they like Omaha, they like our right size facility and and they want to come. So uh, the hotels go fast. But, you know, the the conference center is right off of I 80. So, I mean, you can see it from the highway. And, you know, Omaha is not short of hotels. Um, And there are 1,700 free parking places in front of the conference center. so just because the convention hotels are sold out and, and I checked with them about three year, three days ago and they are still sold out so we haven't had really any uh, cancellations to speak of uh, there are plenty of rooms. I was just looking um, you know right down the, right down the street, two exits up and uh, the double tree down there has got rooms and, and good good rates right now. So so the just because the hotels are sold out uh, at the conference center does not mean there's not a lot of space left at uh, in Omaha and, and that you uh, you can't come to the convention and and uh, not have to worry about parking and all those other things.
0: Well that's a good point. That's a lot of on site parking by the way.
1: Oh, yeah. The
3: the,
0: yes.
1: the access, uh, from having been to the last two Omaha Nationals, the access to the facility is really, really great. It's not one of those things where you have to hike a, a half a mile to get to your car.
3: No, no. You just park right up front, come in the front doors, and uh, and you're there. And so it, it's, it's really pretty easy. Uh, we call it a right size facility. It's about 50,000 square feet. Uh, half of it is, uh, is for vendors, half of it's for contests. And then we've got, uh, you know, three or four good uh, rooms for, uh, for seminars and, but it's all very compact. You're, you're not taking, taking long hikes to do anything.
0: Well, we got our room up close, so we're covered yeah. there. Well,
3: that, that's good. That's good. So you, you were asking about, uh, about tours and, and uh, we've got uh, basically two tours that, that we're running, uh, the, uh, the night at the museum, uh, at the SAC museum on Thursday night is, is basically sold out. We had 250 seats for that. And, uh, it's, uh, it's done. Now that, you know, doesn't mean that anybody can't go to the SAC museum. It's, it's about 20 minutes away from the, from the hotel. So, uh, you're certainly welcome to come to the, to the SAC museum, but, uh, our, uh, Space that uh, that the sack rented us uh, to have dinner and uh, and then wander around the museum that night is is up. Um, Our other uh, tour then is down to Lincoln to the uh, uh, Museum of American Speed, Uh, you know, and and that's a a fabulous museum. The uh, uh, USA Today called that the uh, the the greatest uh, uh, car museum in the country. Oh wow! And so, so we're really trying to recommend that, and and there's plenty of seats on the bus, uh, to go down to Lincoln for a private tour of Friday morning. Uh, going to leave uh, early, get down there about eight thirty. Uh, have through three and a half or or more hours at the at the Speed Museum, and then and then uh bring the the bus back. Uh, so you know if you're a car guy you know, of any. Uh, kind, uh, you ought to think about going to the American uh, Speed Museum. Uh, we're not holding any other tours. They just, uh, tours are not a big thing for IPMS in, anymore. The, uh, you know, in, um, in 2011, we took two buses to the zoo. In 2017, we took uh, two Ubers. <laughs> <laughs> the uh the now the you know once again the uh the omaha zoo is rated number one in the world right now so oh, wow. uh yeah. if if you're bringing your uh, your family you ought to go to the zoo uh but uh we just didn't find the uh, uh, uh the interest high enough which is is interesting you know one of the things that uh, we're finding right now there's there's over 400 people on our pre-registration and uh, over 250 guests. So uh, the number of people that are actually bringing uh, uh, guests is a lot higher than, than I expected. So uh, it's a whole lot more of a family affair than than uh, it used to be.
1: One, one of the nice things about Omaha is, and it's not just your facility being right size, Omaha itself is, is pretty right size as far as getting from the convention hotel to either nice restaurants, uh, uh, the zoo or other things to do and see in Omaha.
3: Sure. Sure. There's a, and there's a lot of things to, to do. And to, you know, we, we mentioned the zoo and uh, across from the zoo is, is the, are the, the gardens, uh, the sack museum, uh, boys town uh, our. uh our art museum is getting ready. Is going to be closed for two years for renovation. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, while you're there, uh, the ball, the ball team will be here for the first time. Uh, so Friday night, uh, uh just about a mile away from the conference center, uh, the storm chasers are playing.
1: Oh, cool. I'd love to go to, uh, I had a couple of nationals. Uh, I've actually been to, uh uh AAA games that were going on while the Nationals were were going on those are always fun to go and watch
3: yep. and the storm chasers are are literally uh you can see the lights of the stadium from the from the uh the hotel so cool. it's, it's it's just right over the right over the hill yeah that's the Kansas City's uh farm team gotcha
0: well Scott you mentioned the transportation to the speed museum for the for the morning tour there, uh, it's it may be on the website and I didn't notice it, but is, is transportation provided for the night at the museum?
3: Yes. Well, uh, we price the night at the museum, uh, two different ways. We price it with and without transportation. Okay. Uh, uh, because we don't think that you should have to, to ride the bus if you don't need to ride the bus and, and, uh, you shouldn't have to pay for that.
1: Our, our tickets, yeah. by the way, Mike, we are riding the bus. So are the, so are the OTB guys. Okay.
0: Well, we'll have some Australians
1: with us.
3: Yes.
0: We'll try and keep them in line.
3: There you go. We're all about saving money for the members. So uh, we're not putting everybody on the bus if we don't have to.
0: I guess the, the, one of the big uh, hot topics for the national convention is the world's largest hobby shop. Uh, what's the vendor room shaping up to look like, or the two vendor rooms actually?
3: Uh, it, well, we call it vendors alley. Uh, because you come you, you hit that one spot to get in and then the vendors are on uh, either side and uh, the uh, the east room and and the west room the east room's a little bigger but but you you know easy access to both of them and they're looking uh, really good we're we're at about 250 tables and we've got less than a, a, a 16 tables my wife tells me my wife is the registrar so she's okay. got it all. Uh, all figured out. She's uh, uh, got the, uh, the whole thing uh, down and uh, uh, lots of, of great uh, vendors. Uh, the uh, Edward is coming uh, as of right now, um, as is Aries, as is Special Hobbies. Um, so you've got a lot of the, uh, the those those folks are coming to uh, will be there. Uh, we just got some, some sad news. Zukamira uh, will not be there. Uh, the, the COVID restrictions in Japan, have just made it really impossible for them to, to come. And the, they're, they're really disappointed, but, uh, they're, they're not going to be able to, to make it, uh, but uh, uh, Kinetic will be there, Atlantis will be there, Revell will be there, MRC will be there. So uh, all of the, uh, the, the major uh, manufacturers except Zucamera uh, will be there.
1: That is one nice thing. Uh, you know, Las Vegas was great last year, but of course they were handicapped by restrictions. So the, a lot of the foreign vendors that you're used to seeing at an IPMS national weren't able to make it, so it's really nice to hear that uh, that we're going to get a number of those foreign vendors back in Omaha.
3: They are, they are, uh, they are all planning to come. Uh, you know, and we uh, obviously things can things can change in our in our world right now, but uh, they're uh, I uh, the folks that uh, that are talking to uh, Edward for me to have talked to him just this week, and they are. Well, last week and they are there's they're coming uh so we've we've got them the uh, lots of uh the uh, uh you know gt resin and uh, uh mike west from from lone star and uh, uh basis by bill and and just a, all the the usual folks that you're expecting to see uh most of those folks are, are signed up as well um uh, and uh, so, yeah, it's it's a full uh, vendor's room. Cult TV man uh, will will be with us uh, for the, uh, the the sci-fi folks, and, and uh, they're excited about uh, about coming down. Uh, so we've got we've got a, a uh, two different uh, two or three different airbrushes. Um, certainly, uh, the uh, both the Grex and the Owada folks. Uh, are there to uh, to handle your uh, your airbrushing needs? Uh, so they're always uh, fun to work with. So it's a uh, it's a good uh, good combination of a lot of uh, different organizations. Uh, so I think uh, I think you'll be pleased with the vendors room.
0: What's how's the seminar slate stacking up?
3: Uh, the seminars are looking are, are looking good. I've got uh, twenty eight of them uh, wow. signed up right now, um, and. Folks that want to talk about modern jets and, and once again, airbrush seminars, uh, modeling water for, for, uh, for ships and real space, uh, painting, uh, painting and weathering armor, building the, uh, the big Hasegawa triplane. That should be, uh, should be interesting. So we're having a uh, open forum for the podcasters on Thursday evening.
0: No, we appreciate you guys that. all to
3: get together with your with your fan with with your fans and uh, and do that uh, we're gonna uh, talk about building sailing ships uh, the eboard wants to have uh, uh, two or three different uh, seminars they want to have one about uh, so you can meet the actual the eboard members and talk to them about uh, IPMS. they all, also want to talk about how you run a a, uh, a local club. Uh, you know, uh, Dave from Phoenix modeling uh, from Phoenix publications will be here. If you know, uh, they took over for some of the, uh, the English magazines that went defunct. Yep. And, uh, and I got him, he's going to be doing a, a, uh, modeling in the UK, uh, and Telford for us.
1: Oh, that'll be great.
3: Yeah. I've got, uh, uh, Darren Roberts is going to do a, uh, a seminar on the, uh, uh, the many, fi- the mini faces of the forty eighth uh, F 14, uh, if you remember him from 2011, he had 30 monogram Tomcats, uh, <laughs> on, on the table. Uh, so I, he's going to, he's going to talk all about the different, uh, Tomcats and the, uh, the, the highs and lows of, of that. Uh, and, uh, I was just talking to, uh, Guy who's gonna who's gonna talk about the uh, nineteen forty nine Cleveland National Air Races and the uh, uh, the crash that took that took place there that uh, that year and he's got a lot of really nice uh, color pictures for that.
1: Yeah, I, I love the seminars at the at the Nationals. I think a lot of people, you know, they get so excited about the contest and about the vendors. And even about the tours, I think sometimes in the, in all of that shuffle, the, uh, the, the seminars can get lost. But man, I'm telling you, some of the, some of my best experiences at nationals have been sitting in, in different seminars. So I'm looking forward to, to cramming as many of those in as I can.
0: Well, and I'd add that at, at 28, you sound like you've got just about at least one for about every, everybody there if not more than one that's going to interest them very very deeply so uh, 28 seems well, I like think a, so it, it seems like a lot to me
3: uh well you know they i uh, uh, was working off of the uh, the list uh, from from some other ones and uh the uh, the president uh, dave lockhart had a uh, had a list of of folks that uh, he used for seminars uh, in Chattanooga, to give me a head start. So that was a really good one of the things that we're working on is is uh, trying to get the nationals uh, so that uh, everyone is not uh, trying having to invent uh, the convention over and over again. Yep, uh, Having uh, Dave had had all, all of his materials from the seminars from Chattanooga uh, really made our job uh, easier. Uh, and of course like i say we've we've done this a time or two so so some of this stuff is really uh easy for us but it's a it's a lot of work and and figuring out how how some of this works uh is difficult uh I think I'm gonna do a seminar on uh, national decal sheets
1: that'd be fantastic. People don't realize that that's one of the great benefits uh Uh, of the nationals if you register even if you're not entering a model if you register you get that uh, convention package that uh registrant package and the decal sheets can be
3: really really great they they can and they can be not so great (laughs) (laughs) well yeah that that's happened before too and uh and so we're uh we've been talking we've been talking about that and uh so we uh uh, we just uh, sent our uh, our sheet off to the printers uh, and and of course we've done uh, several great sheets in 2011 it was uh, mid killers of yankee station yep i have that sheet <laughs> that was the only the only uh, national sheet ever um, reprinted yep and uh, and then 17 was a uh, was a wild weasel sheet from vietnam
1: yep
0: going
3: downtown Going downtown—that's where the fun is. Yeah, and, uh, and we were looking at we were looking at an arsenal of democracy uh, uh, sheet, but we didn't come up with a great idea for that. So I'll, I'll uh, and we're gonna we're gonna show the uh, the world our our sheet uh, next week. But I'll I'll uh, break some news with you guys and tell you that our uh, our sheet this year is Korean War. Oh, cool! It's it's been a, a number of years since. Uh, we got some Korean War decals. Uh, all those, uh, when the, the F-86s and the F-84s came out, we got lots of, uh, of decals. And, and uh, unless you're a hoarder, uh, they're, they're probably gone. Uh, so, you know, we're always looking for, for a, uh, something that we can do that serves the hobby. And, and uh, we thought that uh, Korean War would be one of those uh, niches we could we could fill. And, uh, so we've got, uh, Korean war coming in, in, uh, both 72nd and quarter inch.
0: Well, the last thing we would like to touch on is, is where we can help you out the most. And we beat this drum every episode we can is, uh, trophy sponsorships. Cause I know that helps you guys out a lot. So how's that shaping up and what's left to do there? Uh,
3: there's a, there's some work that left to do. We've, we've been real, uh, we've been hitting up and, and, uh, wild apricot makes that easier to, to send out uh, emails to the uh, members you you guys probably got some an, an email from me uh, last week uh, and, and we get a push every time that happens uh, but we're we're about 60 trophy packages short so we we, we, uh, we still need a, uh, some folks to, to do trophy packages and as you saw in the email there uh, we need some help in uh, uh, bkb. Uh, uh is not being as uh, uh, serviced as well uh, artillery uh, soft skins, ships uh, those are the places where we we could use some uh, some more deca- uh, some more trophy sponsors uh, the uh, the airplanes uh, and the, the the basic armor uh, juniors go fast and uh, the special awards uh, go quickly but uh, some of those, uh, other places are, are still out there. Uh, and we're, we're looking to get the, so we need about 60 more packages to fill up.
0: We'll certainly be in the mix and, uh, we'll keep encouraging folks as, as we go forward in future episodes leading up to the convention to, uh, to sponsor a pra- trophy package. So. Hopefully.
3: Well, we appreciate that. And, and, uh, let me, let me know what, uh, if you need me, uh, to, uh, to give you any help again, that we are always available.
0: Well, Scott, uh, we appreciate you joining us. Is there any last detail we haven't touched on that you'd like to mention before we, before we let you go?
3: Come visit us in Omaha. I think, uh, I think we're going to have a good, uh, a good convention. Uh, you know, the, uh, uh, Omaha is like you say in the middle of the country. So we're, we're, uh, we're pretty easy to get to, uh, the, uh, the convention costs are, are not that high. There's plenty of hotel rooms, plenty of parking places. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of folks that haven't been to a to a convention in a long time, and I know you'd like to come.
1: I can tell you from being there the last two times, Omaha's a great convention every single time. And man, if you want a good steak, there are plenty of places in Omaha to get a good steak.
3: That's the truth. There <laughs> there, a, there are plenty of plenty of good steak restaurants. And that'll be, uh, and uh, we'll have a list of restaurants for you when you get here.
0: Sounds awesome. Great. We look forward to it, Scott. So, again, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, and uh, we look forward to meeting you face-to-face again in Omaha.
1: We'll see you in 92 days.
3: All right. We'll be here.
0: Well, it's finally good to get caught up with Scott, Dave. And uh, he certainly seems excited. And I, sh- I know I am, and I'm sure you are as well. So,
1: Well, you, you can tell this is not his first rodeo. You talk to somebody who's the... The convention chairman, f- who's doing it for the first time, and the level of nerves is palpable. Uh, I remember talking to Mike Moore before Chattanooga, and uh, and and he was experiencing all of those worries that that a first timer experiences. You can tell that uh, uh, Scott has done this before. He just sounds as calm as calm can be. Bob Lemassaro
0: at at in Vegas was. Yeah, I think it was probably he had like a uh, uh, he had worked in the industry of of booking concerts and and tours and stuff. So exactly, he had a he had a background dealing with a lot more probably uh, narcissistic people. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bob did a great job. He he didn't seem too nervous, and uh, but you're right, you can tell you can tell that uh, the Omaha teams locked and loaded, and they're gonna they're gonna, they know this is gonna work out. So
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, while we're at the show, Dave, we we ran into a few people who are either old friends or are tied to this whole social media and podcast uh, way of things happening these days. And the first guy we ran into is Mr. Ian Bonner there, helping out the uh, Roscoe Turner chapter. Let's see what he had to say. We got a, a friend of the posse here. (laughs) <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs>
1: well, it's only fair that if they they have Jim Bates on their podcast, we get to steal we get Ian one back. That's
4: right. <laughs> yeah, you get Ian Bonner with iPhone Spot. You got to punch the
0: people sometimes. That's, you know? right. <laughs> That's right. Well, we'll, we'll tell th- everybody out there what you got going on, Ian.
1: Wait a minute. I think we won that trade. I think it is. I want to put it down here now. We won that trade. All right. Well,
4: he got me blushing. Y'all can't see it, but I'm blushing. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, just uh, out here at, uh, you know, our Roscoe Turner Indianapolis IPMS show, um, rocking and rolling. We had a great turnout so far this year. Um, I've got a couple of things entered. You know, I'm helping run, uh, kind of run things. I'm the new guy here. But, uh, yeah, rock and roll. we got a ton of kids out. You know, it's definitely been a great time. Well, what do you got going on outside of this show? Outside of the show, I've got, uh, I just finished for the plastic posse group build. I got both of my Shermans done for nationals. Well, that's going to be
0: impressive when all those are out there, I must say. I'm
4: super excited. You know, at uh, Vegas, you had all the, the M60s, all the patents out there. You know, we're hoping we can exceed those numbers. But uh, I got that got that done. Um, you know, I'm excited to now not be doing something for a group build. I'm excited to just build something for me. I feel like
0: that all the time. All the time. But, uh,
4: you know, the, uh, you know, team tj who uh you know i lovingly call the taste-making elite you know he's got me doing machine and creaker stuff now you know so i'm rocking and roll with that you know and uh yeah just kind of keeping on keeping on well tell us about eyebones so yeah if you uh you know follow me on uh you know facebook instagram uh you know skim owners group or any of the other model groups uh, you'll see mostly armor um uh, you know i'm a huge fan of dusty dirty rusty armor so you know you <laughs> get a lot of that but uh You know, yeah. So definitely, uh, definitely check it out if you you know throw me a like. All right. Well, I'll let you get back to your show duties, Ian. Thanks for stopping by. All right, guys. Take it easy. You too.
0: Dave, Ian's a good guy. I'm sure we'll see him at the national convention. I'm sure. Hanging out with the posse, and maybe some of the posse be hanging out
1: at the Mojo Dojo
0: at least at least one night. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, uh, you know, after Vegas, there's no reason to believe they won't be. Okay, well, that's true.
0: Ah, but now, Dave, it is time for the benchtop halftime report, brought to us by Tackett Z. Tackett Z, the must-have tool for the model makers. You can see all of Tackett Z's products at www.tacketz.com. And Ed and his wife and the family dog were at Indianapolis at the Roscoe Turner Show. And uh, he gave us some uh, acrylic airbrush cleaner we need to try out. Yes, and I
1: definitely want to try that out.
0: All right, Dave. Well, what's up on your bench, man?
1: Um, My bench has not moved along as quickly as I would have liked from last time, just simply because life has intervened between producing the podcast and doing the club newsletter and it's tax time. In fact, we're we're recording this the day after your tax returns needed to be in to the IRS. So I was spending time doing all of that. So I've made a little progress on the B-52. I have not made any more progress on the M-30, but uh, uh, I hope to do that soon. And uh, I hope to have both of these done for Omaha. Uh, it's very doable, although talking to Scott and realizing we're, we're under a hundred days to, uh, to the Nationals is a little bit of a gut check. But uh, I think it's doable and uh, uh, I'll tell you this this Academy kit, B52 is really fantastic. I have really, really enjoyed this kit and it's my first one, one 144 scale kit. So uh, well how big uh, is that thing? I mean, it is about 12 inches long with a wingspan of probably, oh, tip to tip, maybe 14 inches.
0: You know what this is going to do, right? What? This is going to give you the experience to start knocking out some of those four-engine, 70-second scale.
1: It's about the size of a, yeah, a four-engine, 70-second scale World War II aircraft. Um I will tell you, even though it's 144 scale, this is definitely going to be the largest model I have finished since I got back into modeling.
0: Um, there you go. So that's a that's a milestone, actually, whether the model is any good or not,
1: Dave. It is. It is a <laughs> milestone. Um, and I, I will tell you that uh, while... Again, 72nd scale is one God's one true scale, uh, and I do intend to build a 72nd scale B-52 at some point. I will readily admit that 1-144 one scale is a really good scale for a B-52 model. Just enough detail, but also a reasonable size where you can actually, when it's done, uh, move it around without the assistance of another individual. So, uh, you know, I got to say, I'm really liking it. And now I'm I'm starting to get both the M30 and the B-52 are getting close. And with the Mosquito already done, I'm starting to actually toy with the what's next. Just kind of like you are. We were, when we were driving up to Indy, Mike and I were talking about, you know, modeling as we do. I'm talking about what's next for Mike and I'll imagine that (laughs) I'll let him, I'll let him address that. But, uh, uh, it's actually got, it got me starting to think about, okay, what am I going to do next? What, what, what am I going to do in what order? So I'm starting to toy with those dreams, but I don't want to get, I don't, I don't want to do it too much because that that'll take my eye off the ball. So how about your bench?
0: My bench has been rather stagnant, unfortunately. We, we've we all been served a slice of life pie here. <laughs> yes. Last week or so. And, and uh, you know, I've got one graduating high school this year and all, all the pomp and circumstance around that.
1: Yep. Got one graduating high school and one graduating grade school, man. It's one of those years.
0: So I haven't gotten much done at all. Hopefully I'll rectify that this weekend i'm i think i talked about it last time i'm ready to start gluing all the all the bits and bobs onto the zis this two base and blending right. that in uh i hope i'm not repeating myself there but i suspect i am uh after that i just got to start assembling the gun again and putting the final weathering on the lower sections and then just
1: basically uh, to blend it into the base right
0: yep blend it in the base and uh you know, my goals definitely have that one done by nationals. I mean, there's nothing holding me up now. I mean, oh, just, you,
1: yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll get that done well before nationals. Yeah.
0: You know, the Moose Cup's all done and dusted. That's all over with. So that's not over my head anymore. And I think, uh, I don't know, it's going to be get back to the E16 Paul and start painting on that guy.
1: But and that means you've got something left, in, uh, or that means you have a hole. Uh, that you need to fill construction wise. So Uh,
0: yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. Uh, You (laughs) know, and it's probably going to be the Katyusha, but I I showed you this weekend. I I bought a vlog camera. Yeah. And this KV 85 project. I've kind of thought about it along those lines. Maybe the Katyusha too. I don't know. It's not too late. You know, I've done all that front end work with the 3d printing and stuff, but uh, I don't know. I'm, we're not making any promises on the video, but uh, we're certainly going to start exploring it.
1: Yep. Absolutely.
0: Other than that, Dave, I've not done much else. Uh, that's it.
1: Well, hopefully our next, uh, the next, uh, two weeks, you and I are both going to get a lot of modeling done. We'll update the Facebook page regularly. So pay attention to that. Take a look. And hopefully you and I will both have a lot more to report. Come, come next, uh, uh, next episode, that's right. Well, Mike, if if you haven't been building as much, have you been buying much? We went to a show, Dave. <laughs> you, you kidding me, man? Did you break it? <laughs> did you break your wallet?
0: You know, had I paid retail for everything, it would have been a serious wallet smackdown. <laughs>
1: Well, that's why we go to shows. That's why we're excited about shows. Because when you go to a show, you find stuff. You find deals. Sometimes you find a deal deal. That's what I was going to say. Did you find any deal deals at Indy? I did. The, uh,
0: The first thing I bought, I bought David Doyle's book on the M3 Lee Grant because he was running a, a really steep discount for the show. I, I've been eyeing that book on eBay every once in a while or on his website. We'll have a, a bashed corner, you know, right. s- sell a discount, but uh, it's a big book. It's about an inch thick and it was like 50 bucks. It was a pretty, pretty good price.
1: Yes. Yep. And his stuff is fantastic. I mean, I, I, I I've, I've perused his Sherman book. And I had no clue that there were that many variations in the Sherman.
0: One of my frustrations with the shows is we never get as much done there with regard to the podcast as we hope to. And it would be nice to get David on.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, well, maybe I'm. he'll be at, I'm sure he'll be at the Nationals. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll make a then. point of trying to do that. We could try, but that's not all I bought. I'll tell you that. What else did you buy?
0: There was a dealer there just to, just in front of us and to the left a little bit that i don't he must have not wanted to take anything home. I bought a mini art full interior s u one twenty two it's the mid production version I bought that kit for twenty five dollars
5: ooh
1: nice deal
0: yeah that's a deal is uh, that
1: thing and- even made anymore? Is that currently in production
0: Russian invasion aside it should be yeah with current situation, probably not. And, you know, hopefully it'll, hopefully it'll come back, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it's in production.
1: It's still in their catalog. It's still in yeah. their catalog.
0: They, and there's, there's plenty of them out there, just not for $25.
1: Well, I, I've got to admit, I like the, the, the big brutalist Soviet uh, assault guns.
0: I, I do too. I mean, I was, I was not keen on the, uh, the full interiors for all those Assault guns and and tank destroyers they've come out with, but uh, for twenty five bucks, I can just leave the parts out.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, you can. Absolutely.
0: Well, I picked up three kits from that same vendor from uh, MSD or Model Scale Designs. Now this this company's out of Russia, so I guess I've got Russian kits and Ukrainian kits. Uh, I picked up both versions of their forty five millimeter anti tank gun. The Russian gun kind of yeah. looks like the Pack thirty
1: six, you know. Yep. Very similar to the Pac-30s. That's well,
0: because they were co-developed in the 30s yeah. in Russia before the Armistice, before they just said to hell with the Versailles Treaty. Right. Uh, you know, these are not the old ICM versions, ICM kits. These are these are new, and they're better than the ICM kits, but they're still not, you know. The fidelity of detail and the finesse of the moldings is is still kind of along that vein of Kits from that part of the world, smaller manufacturers. Yeah, I got the uh, the long barrel, forty five millimeter, the model forty two, and I got the original, the short barrel one as well. And I got a set that is uh, the ammo boxes and the ammunition. And I think that's all I bought. Other than this, other than the decal set you bought, brought me
1: from Barracuda Cows. Yes. P forty seven.
0: Yep. Yep. My Razorbacks. Yep. What about you? you? What have you bought, Dave?
1: Well, uh, uh, non-show related. I've purchased uh, a uh, Zvezda Mi-28N uh, Russian attack helicopter. I've got to admit that's probably due to some of the videos that have been coming out of Ukraine lately. Uh, piqued my interest, and I've got a natural interest in post-World War II Soviet-slash-Russian stuff anyway, so I needed to add that to my collection. And then I went to the show, too. I was selling some kits. I sold a few things. I recycled the money. Uh, from the same man- Russian manufacturer, I bought the long-barrel uh, uh Russian gun. I bought the 76-millimeter uh, infantry gun. The, the Russian infantry gun. And then I bought ammunition 72nd scale or not 72nd 70 scale, 76 millimeter ammunition crates for the, the infantry gun. So at some point, if I get this M30 done and off the plate, uh, I'm, I'm, I might, I might fiddle with another Russian artillery piece and those are anti-tank guns. So that might, that might well figure into it. We'll see. Was the price still
0: $5 a piece when you went over there?
1: Five bu- yeah, 5 bucks a piece. While I was there, uh, the guy directly across from our table uh, had lots and lots of books that he was blowing out. As longtime listeners know, my wife teases me that I'm not a modeler. I'm a librarian who occasionally buys models. Uh, so whenever I see books on sale, particularly for good price, I can't pass it up. Uh, I got the Osprey Polish Aces of World War II. I got the the publication, Sam Publications, puts, puts out um, a bunch of, of special publications. And this one was on the Israeli Air Force between... Sixty-seven and seventy-two, and then uh, they were selling the books three for twenty dollars. I, you know, the those two are the two that I were in, I was interested in, and so I was looking through, and I grabbed, not particularly for myself, but to send on to Jim Bates uh, the on-target profile book on the uh, supermarine Seafire Fire mark 1 to mark 47 and uh uh picked that up just to pass on to jim cuz jim is all about all things spitfire and seafire so uh i've confirmed that he doesn't have it so it'll be a nice little addition to his collection in addition i found some old cross and cockade magazines that were being blown out for a dollar a piece uh from the nineteen, they were in nineteen eighties vintage. Uh, so I picked those up for Skippy. Going to give them to him when I see those. So, all in all, a, a successful trip. I managed to spend money. I managed to sell some kits, although I couldn't hold a candle to your son hawking uh, uh, the the overflow from your collection. He he was doing a he was doing a good business. He's a he's quite the little salesman. Yep, he did a great. Hey, listen, he was a great table monkey man. I'm telling you what, he really, he really helped us out. I wouldn't mind having him along anytime. And I, 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 will say, I really enjoyed on the way back from Indy. He's on eBay already planning what his next possible coin purchase might be. So that was kind of that was kind of entertaining to see somebody else enthused about their hobby.
0: While we're talking about this great time we had, the show let's uh, let's check out another segment. We have got well, we got a couple. We got a we got a an old regional friend from uh, Region Four, and then we got a a new friend who drove a long way. Who was also yes. a, a past guest of ours. So first up is Mister Ben Pluth from Columbus, Ohio, who's a perennial uh, Region Four show attendee. We see him all the time and at Nationals as well. So he's like our shadow man. Well, let's see what Ben had to say.
1: All right.
2: They,
0: we, we got a, a regional regular here with us.
2: <laughs> yes, Mr. Ben Pluth from uh, Columbus. Are you officially in Columbus? or I'm just outside of Columbus oh. in uh, Dublin. So oh, okay. Kind of a well-to-do area. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben,
1: uh, I've known Ben for years uh, through my friend that I've mentioned on the podcast, Scott Skippy King. Uh, Ben and Skippy have been friends for a long, long time. Yep. Uh, Ben builds some some really, really nice 48-scale aircraft, and Ben does not live by my motto that life's too short to build (laughs) crappy kits because Ben builds some of the worst kits I think I've ever seen. The Hobbycraft... The Ju
2: eighty-seven A, yeah. Yes, the Hobbycraft. Uh, let's see, what was the one, the pencil with the bow? Oh, that was the Dornier seventeen uh, EF. Yes. Yeah, that uh, Hobbycraft uh, Hobbycraft kit, or yes. y- you know what the other moniker <laughs> of that that kit name is? So, uh, yeah, the they also coined it the banana bomber because yes. if you ever get that kit, you uh, open it up and you see that the tail is. Uh, Seriously, it's a banana. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, so, what, what causes you to buy and build kits that are, by most people's
2: reckoning, objectively terrible? So, when I look at some of the subjects, it really depends on, it's like, uh, if I don't see anything out there that is made by another kit manufacturer, I'll be like, okay, I'll go ahead and do it, but sometimes i find like with the project that i've like or kit that I bought early on in the hobby i was like okay this thing is sitting on my shelf laughing at me and <laughs> and it's like you know i got hacksaws i got files and i got a hammer so <laughs> it's like bring it on <laughs>
1: okay but have you ever just been into one of these projects as we'll call them and just said oh hell life is too short <laughs>
2: Well, I think the most recent one that's like uh, I was trying for um, this past weekend to finish up that just ended up going completely sideways on me was a um, Hobbycraft T thirty three, and I just I just seriously bombed the the natural metal finish on it. It it just ended up horrible, and I think it's more due to the fact that the the undercoat for the black. I've, was told, go ahead and use this. And then, oh, it'll be okay to shoot the AK uh, uh, gloss primer black on top of that. And then that stuff just never dried. And (laughs) the next, like, three days later, I start handling the kit. And I'm like, oh, man. I just fingered fingered this kit up. And it's like, oh.
1: Okay, would you just stop buying Hobbycraft kits? (laughs) I mean, seriously. (laughs) There are other. Have you heard of this company called Tamiya? Yes, it's a really neat, and in forty-eight scale, they make a lot. There's a There's a lightning that they released
2: two years ago. You really need to take a look <laughs> at. Oh, I got me uh, more than a few of those. So, the, one of the things with the Tamiya's and and whatnot is that I feel kind of diminished um, when I finish something that is kind of cookie cutter like a Tamiya, because of the fact that it's like I get a little bit more satisfaction out of the fact that when you actually fulfill building something that's more difficult, that it's like you have a little bit more appreciation for that model. <laughs> that's, so, that's that's the Mike philosophy. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it just kind of carries through. And uh, that's why I like try these uh, random subjects, and it's like, okay, it's like there's some people out there that scratch build, and that was one of the things that early on in um, in my day when I started going to model shows and whatnot and seeing scratch building I'm like okay it's like I can I can maybe aspire to do some of this stuff but it's like I need to first cut my teeth on uh, trying to do really difficult subjects or at least things that will really try my patience so that's kind of the, the mindset that brought me to start building those really difficult kits so did you bring anything so not today uh, I had a few things finished but I just wasn't uh, wasn't really feeling uh, bringing something out for competition. I was kind of wanting a more of a day off uh, kind of day to enjoy shopping and also taking in some of the other stuff. The show today is really, really amazing in the fact that the diversity of the models on the table is just... There's stuff there that I haven't seen before, and also there's some amazing stuff. The 72nd scale tanks yes. and armor, that, that is just blows my mind as a great builder that's doing that stuff yes absolutely so,
0: well wrap it up you're here on the payroll for somebody else today aren't you <laughs> tell us uh, what you're doing today and who for
2: well because I, I want to promote the show and i they're going to be uh, promoting the show so so it's, it's, it's all I'm, good i'm with one of the well with the opposing uh group called the modeling mystery and, and no, we're, uh, we're not
5: opposing but <laughs> yeah
2: well, <laughs> well it's like a. Uh, i'm here it's like uh taking some photos for them and uh cool um I was over at Pittsburgh uh, just a week or two ago and uh, taking photos there and, and everybody uh, was very receptive of my photo work, so thought, you know, it's like uh, for those people that are either in the area or wanted to... With Model Mystery, it's, it's like uh, on their uh, uh, Facebook page and no uh, know uh, Jeff Hearn personally and he, one of the first days that uh, I met Jeff was here at an indie show uh, a number of years ago and Jeff is a really good guy and uh, came up to me and noticed that the 48 scale uh, TA-152 that I put on the table and a couple other uh, Luftwaffe subjects. He was just amazed by the paintwork that I did. So I came uh, pretty good friends with Jeff and uh, he told me about the model miscreants page coming up and I said okay I'll jump on there and uh, and uh, join and never did I realize he was going to start a podcast and <laughs> that you uh, runs a paint company and all this other stuff that he's getting into now and i was like okay yeah. wow it's like uh you got some uh some things going on so i decided i'll just tag along see what's going on and uh really got to really uh involved with their uh almost daily now it's like uh, uh zoom builds that they have on facebook and oh, okay uh it's not for the faint of heart if this is more of a r rated uh affair on the model miscreants so but they're a bunch of good guys a lot of uh armor modelers so having an aircraft guy fit into there is a a little bit of a derivation, to say the least well when it's all done you got the photo wrapped up for them send us the link to where
0: it's posted for them and because we want to promote the show we can't take all the pictures Um, yeah right on we'll try to link all the other photo photo opportunities we got out there so Ben, Logan. good to see you again. All I'm right. sure we'll see you again around the region, man. We always do. All right. Yep. Good to see
2: you,
0: All Mike. You take care. You. Well, Ben, I, I hope you're listening. I'm, I'm pretty sure you are. Uh, good to see you again. And uh, I'm sure we'll cross paths again. Might be Nationals. Yes. Might be before that. I'm not sure what the show schedule is going to look like. But uh, keep building those old kits.
1: Not only does he build old kits, uh, but he builds old kits really, really well. He does. Uh, he he I mean, builds
0: new crappy kits pretty well, too. Pretty
1: well, yes, that too. That too.
0: Our next segment is, uh, I'm sure, dear to your heart, because... Uh,
1: Absolutely. You got to meet your hero face-to-face. Not only did I get to meet my hero face-to-face, uh, I got to spend some quality time talking, modeling with, uh, uh, with Steve Husted. And uh, better than that, he brought down from Minneapolis... A bunch of the the models that he's completed lately, and I am here to tell you they are they're impressive in photographs, but when you see them in person, they are just some amazing models, and I really enjoyed getting to see getting the opportunity to actually see them in person because you know instead of a photograph you can move around you can see it from different angles and the longer you stare at his models the more impressive, the more things you see and the more impressive they get
0: Well Dave we finally get to make a face to face
5: with uh, one of our recent guests Yes, absolutely, and this has been fantastic So uh, Steve, how are you doing? We're doing good, I drove down yesterday with uh, Mark Copeland and and uh, had a pretty uneventful trip and left snow in Minneapolis and arrived here to cold and wind this morning, but uh, it's been a lot of fun.
1: So uh, from from Minneapolis, it's about, what, nine hours?
5: About nine hours, yeah. Okay,
1: well, that's not too awful
5: a drive. That's a big haul for an invitational. You came down yesterday, right? You said? Yep, came down last night, or <laughs> y- yesterday afternoon, and uh, got in and came over early, ate at the hotel. and.
1: So uh, I, I can't believe you wouldn't have come nine hours and not entered something. So what did you bring?
5: I brought uh, six things. I brought a, uh, let's see, 72nd scale Frederick Schaaf and FF-60 triplane, scratch boat, and a uh, small Panther tank um, diorama with uh, two guys on it trying to get it restarted in the snow, and uh, aircraft diorama blown up JU-88, and uh, let's see, a... Uh, Vacuform Hansa Bronnenberg C1, <laughs> and uh, ICM Dornier DO17Z, and the Sonia, the KI-51 Sonia, but it's the old Hasegawa mania, mania kit. The Mania, not the new clear prop. Well, I built the two side-by-side, side. Uh-huh. so I entered that one a couple, well, a couple weeks ago, and so I brought that one, the other one here, and... I don't know what the hell. So what made you decide that scratch building a 72nd
1: scale World War One aircraft was a good idea?
5: Well, I fell down and I hit my head really hard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Stand and do it.
5: Yeah. And after I uh, awoke, I thought, oh, that'd be a great idea. So I found uh, I found photos of it, and it's a plane that's always fascinated me, but it's um, they've only built one of them, and mm-hmm. they finished it right after the end of World War One, and uh, flew it the uh, Allied Armistice gave them permission to fly it, just to test it. I don't know why. But it's a big four-engine triplane, seaplane, the only built one, and uh, flew it on Lake Constance near the Frederick Frederikshavon facility. And there's only nine photographs of the thing that exist. Oh, wow. I got, I got a tank project that's like yes. that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so I got all nine photos and only one set of drawings that I found in a Jack Harris book on... Uh, Frederick Schaefer aircraft, and that was the plan set was just a uh, a preliminary set, really crude, with just kind of some overall dimensions. So I had some overall dimensions like the wing gaps, the span, the length, and then uh, the photos. So then I drew up my own set of plans. So <laughs> I had something is, to work off of. This is so, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> So I drew up. My That's own the way you got to
0: do it sometimes.
5: Yeah. So I drew up on Mylar. Spent most of the time doing the plans, and then just tackle it little by little. You know, the do the engine nacelles, and I used uh, small stuff resin engines that are beautiful from Israel, mm-hmm. and uh, some Aero Club white metal props that I reshaped before they match the uh, the photos in the book. But the plan and the photos didn't match either. There's a lot of details that were very different, so had to uh, go and uh, compare and contrast and compare and contrast and compare to the photos. And I went back and revised the plan like uh, five, six, seven, eight, ten times. And then uh, tried to use Harry Woodman's technique for getting the airfoil on the wings. So I got some .06 or .6 uh, evergreen plastic, cut out that, and tried his technique, which is you build a jig and then you clamp it down over this form and you uh, put it in the oven, and then you take it out, or I'm sorry, you put it in hot water, take it out and plunge it into cold water, but every time I did that, I'd get this extreme dihedral. <laughs> so I finally clamped it down, put it in the oven at a low low level, and then I took it out and just let it air dry, and that, that gave me the flat okay, no wow. dihedral. So, so it was a little bit by bit, and tackle sub-assembly by sub-assembly, and... So it was, it was a lot of fun doing it, but it's finally done. and so. <laughs> well, Go ahead, Ed.
1: I'm glad you brought down one of your aircraft dioramas because, again, as we said during our previous conversation, your ability to pull off 70-second scale dioramas and not have them look toy-like is something that, A, I find amazing, and, B, Mike and I in the later in the year, we want to get you back for a full segment to discuss the ins and outs of that, and the figures that you use, and the and the techniques you use, because it truly is something that I don't see many other people being able to accomplish that, those particular set of skills.
5: Yeah, the, uh, the hard part is the, the damn figures, you just... Uh... <laughs> Because, like I mentioned before, it's you can't find 72nd scale figures in hard injected plastic. They're all that soft plastic, which is impossible to clean up and impossible to modify. And but Prizer makes really good figures, but they're impossible to find them now. They don't <laughs> import them anywhere. So, but I use the you know the prizer heads and the torsos and the arms, and and when I can find them on eBay, I'll buy them. But otherwise, nobody carries them. That's right. Well. We look forward to talking about those techniques in, in, in depth when we have you back on a little later in the year. Yeah. Well, good luck with your contest
0: entries. I'm sure you'll do just fine. Well,
5: thanks. fun seeing you guys in person. And uh, the first picture I took was of your uh, <laughs> your Gundam. The uh,
0: Yeah, the Gundams here from the Musaru Cup. Yep. So uh, Beautiful job. We'll see what happens. Well, thank you. Yep, thanks, Steve. Have safe trip back to good Minnesota. To see you guys.
5: All right. Yep. Okay.
0: Dave, I agree. The stuff he brought was really impressive, and uh if I'm not mistaken, I think best of show was a debate over two of his entries.
1: That would not surprise me at all. I mean an,
0: I know one was the, the tri-float plane.
1: Yes. Which I think
0: won best aircraft.
1: Oh <laughs> you, again, it just scratch built right. You heard him talking about it during the segment. Scratch built triplane. Seventy-second scale float plane, float plane. It's got it's got three whammies there, Dave. Exactly, (laughs) and and lozenge lozenge camouflage too. So I I,
0: think I I think you get the you get past the first three there, and the lozenge (laughs) is a
1: piece of cake. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) truly, it was probably the easiest thing he did.
0: (laughs) Well, we're gonna have him back to talk about uh, selecting and posing seventy-second scale figures. Hopefully. In the coming in the in the coming year here, a little later in the year, because we're pretty scheduled out through uh, early summer. But Steve, good to see you again, man. Well, good to see you for the first time. And uh nice to talk to you again.
1: I can't wait to talk with him about 70 second scale figures because again, if you looked at both the J U eight direct JU eighty-eight And the little panther that he had done, or yeah, panther that he had done, 72nd scale. 72nd scale figures are hard to make look good, and he makes them look good. And I really would love to, we we got to talk about that a little while we were standing at the table talking, but I think the listeners would really enjoy an in-depth discussion about how he does what he does.
0: So, Steve, get your notes together,
1: and we'll we'll talk a little later in the year. Absolutely, and we'll see you at the Nationals for sure. That's right. Mike, are you seeing the bottom of the glass? Have you gotten to the end of your modeling fluid?
0: Yeah, for the first pour, yeah, I got to the bottom of it.
1: <laughs> what did you think of it?
0: As much as I hate to give some props to a bourbon not made in the state of Kentucky, this ain't bad. Really? And it really reminds me of my Bullet Man. Really?
1: Yeah, that's it does.
0: I- that's impressive. And because it's a hundred proof, it's a little hot and sweet on the front end. Not terrible, mm. and it's I kind of think Bullet is too, but yeah, it's a little spicy. I I think it's good. I, I would
1: I'd buy this. I mean, I would buy it.
5: So well, that's that's so Jeff cool. Was,
1: I don't have
0: to get it free from Jeff.
1: <laughs> good job Jeff Well, I was wondering being a hundred proof if it was gonna be a little bit hotter and whether you know sometimes you get uh bourbons that are that are hot that really you know that front note can just kind of blind your taste buds to everything but uh sounds like uh sounds like jeff made a nice selection well you know the front front ends it's
0: not it's not overwhelming good from from a heat standpoint it's you get the flavor there it's it's uh it's a good sipper, man. I, I'd i do it again. Great.
1: Right. That's fantastic.
0: Well, give us the skinny on the, uh,
1: the Three Floyds beer there, man. They've hit it out of the park yet again. It, it's a Pilsner. It's 5.6% alcohol. I can see this being my summer yard-cutting beer because, again – you could drink a couple of these while you're cutting the yard and not worry that they're going to hit you so hard that you cut your foot off. It's, it's a very smooth, very drinkable. These guys know what they're doing. Uh, I got to say, I am, I am major league impressed. So when you tie into yours, I'm, I'm a hundred percent convinced you're going to enjoy it.
0: Well, I've had it and I, I do enjoy it. It's a, it's a good one. It's, it's it's unique in their lineup because it's
1: not a hoppy, you know, right. IPA or or wheat or or whatever, right? Um, yep. Yeah, it's almost a more traditional American beer, but it's a great take on one.
0: Yeah, it's it's good. I like it, so.
1: Glad you got some. Yes, I am too, I'm glad I glad I had some. We're here toward the end of the episode. You got any shout outs?
0: I I do. I've got several and we may overlap a little little bit. I'm sure we will. Uh first up, I want to shout out to the Majovian secret agent 001, Radsky, Michael Radsky. Hope I got that right. It's a Hungarian, I believe. It's a Hungarian name. Uh we we came back with uh four dozen Jamaican meat patties from Indy's Own Patties of Jamaica because uh they're not open on the weekends, so we can't swing by after the show and get them ourselves. Really appreciate that. And at the bottom of that cooler was two six packs of three Floyd's beer,
1: Dave. Yeah. <laughs> that was above and beyond, man. I am telling you what. And uh, uh um my my youngest daughter has already eaten three of those Jamaican meat patties. She loves those. So uh I told you, I told you, man. They oh, they're good. They are, there is no question. They're really good kind of as a late night snack too. You just pop them in the air fryer. Oh. He went above and beyond this time. We re- we cannot tell you how much we appreciate that. What do you got? What's your first shout out, Dave? Well, uh, my first shout out is a general shout out to all the listeners who were at Indy and stopped by the table. I particularly appreciate the guys who sat down with us for, for interviews to help make this uh, episode what it, what it is. Uh, it was particularly gratifying to talk with Steve in person at length and to see his models. But everybody who stopped by, uh, it was fantastic to – I mean, it's not like meeting new people. It's like reconnecting with old friends. And my one regret at Indy is time flew by because, you know, you're bouncing from one person stopping by to the next, to the next, and, and it becomes a blur. Just because you have so many great conversations with so many great people, you know, they reference something they heard in a particular episode that sparked an interest in them or they had a comment on. I mean, literally, I could have cracked open a beer, sat down in a chair and just spent all day doing nothing but. Talking with all the folks who stopped by.
0: That's almost what you did, Dave.
1: Well, yes. Okay. It's true. I didn't get into the model room as much as I wanted to. Uh, I didn't hit the vendors as hard as maybe I would have liked to because you're right. I did. I spent a, and I don't regret it because that is that having the listener stop by makes going to a show which is already one of the great parts of being in this hobby so much better. So I'm, I'm, I'm just thrilled crapless. It's interesting because, you know,
0: we're kind of trying to find our way here about how to do this stuff on, on location. Right. And it's at an invitational. It's kind of, it's kind of tough. I said something earlier, I think about this because it, once the judging starts and they, and they close the model room, that's like midday, typically, right, or just after right. lunch.
1: Yeah, twelve, twelve thirty,
0: and you've barely got your seat warm, right, at the table. Yep, yep. And now half the people you wanted to talk to are sequestered in the in
1: the model room. So, right, if they're judging or or they they run out to get lunch or you know,
0: you know, we got to rethink that a little bit. But uh, to to add to what you say. Uh, about a dozen of those folks who stopped by the table signed the registry, but many more, probably twice as many stopped by to say something. Oh, yeah. Uh, we just, we were so in, in into the conversation, we didn't ask them to sign the registry. Yeah. Big fun. I, I, it's that's the part of this that we didn't really anticipate.
1: Not, not at all. Did not, did not see this coming in any way, shape, or form.
0: And it's, it's great and we love it. So, Keep it up, folks. If you see us at the show, come by and talk to us. We'll have a good conversation. Yes. You know, in addition to all those listeners who we saw at the show and some of those listeners we saw at the show, we'd like to thank all those who have been so kind as to support the show. And since last episode, that is uh, Dave Paisley, John McAvoy, John Pisano, Scott Stokowiak, and uh, Robert Hallinger. They've all made the choice to uh, support the show with their wallet, and we really appreciate that we say it every time dave it's it's humbling i it's just i don't know i don't know what to say thank you i know it is it's it's humbling to to put out something like this and and have people vote with their wallet
1: yes it, it really is so
0: we 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 appreciate it uh we're thankful for everything you guys have, have contributed to plastic model mojo if anyone out there listening would like to follow in their footsteps you can do so at patreon www.patreon.com slash Plastic Model Mojo. There you can contribute any amount you like from a dollar on up, and uh, Patreon will manage that month to month for you. If you want to make a one-time contribution or manage your own recurring contribution, you can do so at PayPal. And uh, the best way to do that is going through our website, www.plasticmodelmojo.com. There's a heart icon in the upper right-hand corner of the screen. You can click that icon and it takes you right to our PayPal me page and you can uh, contribute whatever you like. We appreciate it. Either one time contribution or you can manage your own recurring contribution there. Thank you guys. Thank you very much. If we're at a show, please come talk to us. We're going to see a bunch of you at The nationals convention. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. That's what it's all about, man, the community. Yeah. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Thank yeah. you.
1: Finally, I'd like to shout out the guys at Roscoe Turner, IPMS Indy. They put on a great show. Uh, this is their second year at their new venue. Last year, they took a real leap of faith in the middle of the pandemic to hold the show, and it turned out to be fantastic. And this year, uh, I was interested to see what it would look like a year out from the pandemic. It was a fantastic show. Tons of models, tons of vendors. The vendor room was full. There were deals to be had, as you could tell from our broke your wallet segment. Uh and and putting on a contest takes effort. You you got to, in the in the midst of everything, you've got to be thankful for the guys who took the time and the effort to secure the venue to make sure that they had workers on the day of the show to do all of the things that needed to be done. So, and they were very accommodating to us to get us in a location that made recording uh, easier for us. We appreciate that. And I can tell you, we will be back to Roscoe Turner again next year.
0: Well, they did. They gave us a lot of choices where we wanted to be, and we we end up choosing the vendor room. They were ready to put us up in a nice, quieter corner with a with a black curtain behind us and everything. Uh, we appreciate the thought, but uh, we kind of like the vendor room. And, it's where uh, the action is, and and we appreciate you putting us there. We tried to have a, a like a a warm up interview with the show. We had some technical technical difficulty with that. Not sure what happened there, but uh, maybe next time we'll get that right. And yeah. uh, they'll be a next time because it's 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 a great show.
1: It is. It is absolutely. It's a non miss for me every year. The the
0: Roscoe Turner,
1: thank you for another outstanding day. Absolutely. Well, Mike, we've gotten to the end of a really long episode. I I had a great time. I I there's nothing else to say, but it was fantastic, and I'm looking forward to shows throughout the year.
0: As we always say, Dave, so many kits. So little time.
1: I'll see you soon, Mike.
0: We'll see you soon, man. And
1: I'm sure we'll be working with another show.